Red Dawn is the very first movie to be released with a PG-13 rating. It held the record of being the most violent film ever made, for a while, and it's still ranked as one of the 25 best conservative films of all time. And it's also one of the most influential films for teens of the 1980s. It's a timepiece of a different sort, reflecting America's communist worries of the era. And at the time, no one had anything positive to say about teens. We were called slackers. So in the midst of films showing that teenagers only cared about getting drunk, high, and laid, one film, and only one film, says, we believe in you. And 80s teens listened. And for a generation who really hates BB guns, uh, this is surprising to me. (laughs) (laughs) This is 80s movies. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Red Dawn is about a small group of high school students who escape when a Russian and Cuban coalition sees their small Colorado city, murdering classmates and townspeople to take control. Running into the mountains with a stash of weapons and supplies, the teens quickly form their own militia to take back their town. And surprisingly, none of them have sex at all. I know. Well, you know... I mean, we don't know that, but... Well, well yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't show us that part. No, actually... I mean, we there's a lot here that'll tell you what's wrong with your parents. Um, this film, I thought, was sort of remarkable that there isn't a, a hooking up of the guys and the girls. Um, you know, we understand that uh, Leah Thompson's character may be Jennifer Grey's character, um, Erica and Tony, um, you know, were sexually assaulted in some way it seems like leah thompson's character was probably raped um and maybe not jennifer gray's character but it's not, it's very unclear um but <laughs> there was a moment that really made you cringe mm-hmm. which was when they meet a soldier and he's like talking about how he has a wife uh-huh. and he's like 40 50 something and somehow Leah Thompson's character finds it a great idea to, like, flirt with him and fall in love with him, apparently. Right. Um, luckily, he dies before we, <laughs> before we they see could anything cons- nasty. They could consummate that. Um, yeah, because she is a teenager. Um, again, you know, they leave everybody's ages ambiguous, but it's clear Jed is the oldest, and he's a she senior. She looks like the youngest. Right. She looks like she's 15. Yeah. She definitely looks young, and it is creepy. And so we were watching it together, and we were like, ew, ew, what's happening here? And I thought, well... Maybe it's a father-daughter kind of a relationship, you know? Uh, Well, so it turns out, Leah Thompson said in the DVD commentary, there actually was a scene that was written. She called it a very tender scene. Um, She, Yeah. She said it was a beautiful love scene between her and co-star Powers Booth, who was 13 years older than her in real life. But, of course, character-wise, she's supposed to be a teenager, and he's probably supposed to be around his right age, around 40. Um And she said, uh, I say I'm going to die before having made love. Will you please make love with me? We said, okay, and then disappeared out of the frame. And they took the scene out of the movie, which was sad because it explained my character. It was a nice scene. So. I don't think that explains your character, though. And that shouldn't be the entire point of your character is to make love before she dies i know this is 80s this is 80s thinking right you have to have sex before you die that's if you're a teenager and you're you got to do that like that's number one on the list (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like your generation's like, I have to have sex, I have to have sex. And then, like, my generation was like, do we have to? <laughs> and then we, when we were put in near-death experiences and we were virgins, we'd be like, I'm gonna die a virgin. And that's just the joke. But, like, nothing... No, I'm, but that's that's part of why I do what I do is because I believe 80s films did say that and 70s films too, um, but 80s films in particular because they were marketed to teenagers uh, just only show teenagers interested in having sex. And so there was a message here to teenagers that if, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, you're when you're, you know, developing, when you're growing up, you're looking for cues of what it means to be an adult. You're always reaching to be older than you are and you're looking for cues and you look for them in entertainment. And uh, when you see all your favorite actors playing these roles and it just sort of gets in the back of your head, oh yeah, I'm supposed to go have sex. That's, that's what we do. We just are constantly looking for that. Um, so that's one thing that, I mean, that's why I believe your generation has lowered the pregnancy rate uh, teen pregnancy rate by well, a lot. we also have a lot more abortions. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I don't know that that's true. Actually, you guys have a. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of politicizing about abortions, and this isn't about abortion. Red Dawn is not about abortion, so we don't have to get into that. I'm just gonna say, I think actually, if if it'd be interested to, it's interesting to find out the height of abortion having, because I would bet it would be in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say that, or or 80s when it was. Wait, whenever it was legal, right after Roe versus Wade, that would be the 70s. So yeah. I'd say the late 70s through the 80s, that would be the height. Mm-hmm. Because but remember, there's still states that don't allow that. Yeah. So you might have to travel a really long way. Right. To, so it's different in all states. Um, but one thing I was thinking about the other day was about, like, sex in our generations is, like, like your generation had the AIDS epidemic mm-hmm. and the, the all that good STD stuff, and my generation hasn't really had it. The mo- the the worst I've heard of any of my friends or anything is someone got chlamydia, but like that's not that bad. And um, I don't know. I just think it's funny that like, cause you know, like didn't AIDS come from a monkey? And then syphilis came from a llama. I I don't. And even... that's because men decided to put their penis in everything because <laughs> they're <laughs> horn dogs. And uh, <laughs> and but I just think that's really weird. Is like your generation had to have sex with everything in sight. Yeah, literally. And yeah. my generation would rather uh, I don't know jack off on our to our computers <laughs> because. <laughs> Like, I don't know, it's a lot less energy. Um, yeah, your generation also has a lot more depression. So That's true. I, there may be a connection. So it's comforting to us to uh, be alone. <laughs> um, okay, let's... But let's go back to Red Dawn, because there was no sex in Red Dawn. Weirdly. and So that's interesting. We found to, a reason to talk about that. Um, <laughs> that might be a reflection on us. Okay, so if we're, since we're tackling these little, little uh, uh, nitpicky things in the film first... Let's finish that, and then we'll get to the big categories of, of how this film influenced a generation. The moment at the chain link fence, and Jed and Matt go see their dad, and their dad says, Boys, you know all those times that I, I made you do stuff and it made you hate me. You understand why now, right? And I was just like, ugh, here we go. This is a whole thing with dads. 
dads of the 70s and 80s and, and dads who came from the 70s and 80s. We can't let our kids be soft. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that <laughs> about all three of you guys, all three of my kids. Yeah. And, but there is like that whole, like you can't even cry. And that's the whole, I think the biggest point is that, uh, I think one of the reasons guys have a lot of issues, um, is just because like their emotions are being like trapped. Yeah. Yeah. And and they, they just get made fun. And I mean, I actually thought at the beginning of the film, oh, this is remarkable. You know, they're allowing them to show their emotions. This seems like very rare for an early 80s film because, of course, there is something traumatic happening and they've the loss of their parents and their family and they're crying. But then, you know, because um, you pointed out that uh, uh, C. Thomas Howell's character, Pony Boy's character, yeah. <laughs> that he, you know, he finds out about his family and he cries and that's okay but then uh when they see when jed and matt see their dad and he's like don't cry don't cry for me i don't want you to ever cry about me again and then later and then when they get back and tell everyone that their parents are pretty much dead i mean at this point and they all like sob and pony boy or whatever is just sitting there like yep went through this but now i'm a man <laughs> yeah yeah and pony and he got to cry about it but no i'm right they just saw their all their family executed and they're all sobbing and then jed says don't cry yeah. don't cry use this and i was just like there it is there's the telling people that they can't express their emotions and they can't cry and they can't you know have human feelings <laughs> instead you've got to muscle through it and use it Use it, you know. And that's another reason why and I also feel like uh, like army people have PTSD. Not, not Obviously, what they're doing is traumatic in general. Yeah. But I think the fact there's a lot of people who were in the army and or were doing like stuff like that and they had to leave because it was just too much like like sexism in a way to where like a man has to be this way and you guys have to kill these people and feel nothing right like they're like forcing you to be a psychopath yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and then you can't really relieve that and if you do like you're probably gonna be made fun of or called gay because they're also very anti you know whatever yeah i mean they part of being a human being is is having emotions feeling things yeah uh and so i think that is uh something that was from from i mean i don't know how far back but definitely i think from the 40s into the 50s into the 60s the idea that you have to suppress your emotions especially if you're a boy because i i mean you know i definitely as i said have heard like oh you know you're gonna make him soft i didn't hear that about you as much so Maybe because you're you were born with your teeth like out, like ready to bite. <laughs> uh, I think there's many reasons. Um, do we know why Pony Boy like killed himself? Pretty much, he, <laughs> he's like, a mar- he martyred himself. It's a he martyred himself. He's for the cause. Wolverine. I'm gonna try and do whatever I can, and that's the rah 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 patriotism. So I think we're going into that now. All right, all right. So. I want you to understand 
what was going on before Red Dawn, okay? Like, what's happening in history in 1984? So America, as we've discussed many times, battered, right? Vietnam, Watergate, Pentagon Papers, uh, just, uh, just some of the stuff. Led America to feel like the government, you know, couldn't be trusted. Or in the case of President Carter, who was elected because he was a guy who was honest. And then we had the... Iran hostage crisis, and that went on for an entire year. And then it was like, well, okay, so either the government can't be trusted or they're weak and inept, you know? Um, And so Americans were losing faith in America. And then here comes Ronald Reagan. He was an actor who knew how to deliver a speech, and he won by a landslide, brought the hostages home on the day that he was inaugurated. He managed to keep everything else at bay, it seemed, because, I mean, there was there was wars popping up in Central America. Uh, there was, you know, we were, the, the, the countries referenced in the film, like El Salvador and Honduras, Nicaragua, like, these were things we were hearing. These were wars going on elsewhere. Um, and so, you know, and and we just, America started to get their swagger back. Um, And part of how we did that was facing down what Reagan called the evil empire. This is the Cold War with Russia. It had escalated to serious worries about nuclear engagement. We really did in 1984 live with a daily fear that we were going to get nuked by Russia. I mean, it was palatable. In history, I saw all the propaganda and everything, like the alarms, the, yeah, I saw all of it. Yeah, yeah. And then we also had tenuous relationships with Cuba since the 60s. Cuba, you know, right off the coast of Miami, practically. I mean, our next door neighbor that was besties with uh, with Russia. Um, and so we kind of grew up, especially if you were a kid at the time, you knew like America, democracy, good, Russia, communism, bad. And we so we rallied against the commies or what we called the Reds. So that's Red Dawn. That's the Reds. Uh, and I mean, that worked in the 50s until the tide turned against um, Senator Joseph McCarthy. And then so Reagan was making America great again, you know, by having us have a common enemy and this feeling of righteousness because that brings people together. So um, then January 1984, he starts his reelection campaign. He says America is back. In June of 1984, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA is released, which is actually really not a pro-USA song like you think it is. <laughs> it's not, but it, that's how people play it. Uh, and then August of 1984, we get Red Dawn. So there was just this invigoration of patriotism. Um, and so what's interesting, too, Born in the USA, like I said, not a jingoistic song. And Red Dawn is actually not an endorsement of guerrilla or militia groups. It is actually the opposite But 80s movies delivered messages very softly, and as the more I cover these 80s movies, I'm amazed at how often the studio made the writer change the ending, which greatly impacted the message and greatly impacted the way audiences took it and took took it on and owned it into the future. And this is a a prime example of it. Um, So my opinion is, strongly, that, that part of this is what you know, leads to the January 6th, 2021 insurrection, you know, of how, how do we get from Red Dawn to the insurrection? I, I think there's definitely, definitely a path. So the film is, you know, very pro-guns. Um, there's a key, there's like kind of a key scene, maybe it's a little bit laughable right now, which is right after the initial takeover 
seems to be under control. The Russian commander makes his first order. He says, go to the sporting goods store and get copies of the Form 443s and find out the private ownership of the weapons. We looked at each other and we were like, what? You you get here and you know our forms and that they have it at the local sporting goods store. But this actually was something that was a talking point by the NRA um, that, you know, the fear was in, in the film, right? The registered gun owners are then found because they had filed their forms because you have to register to have a gun. And then they were identified and shot or put into the camps, the re-education camps. And then when some of the weapons were missing because the Wolverines took them when they ran out of town, then that guy was shot and killed. Right. So this is their fear. This is this is the NRA talking point. They're very sensitive at the time to it. And the writer, director of this film, John Milius, had been a board member of the NRA. So he's creating a a moment in moviegoers minds that they're never going to be able to forget. Now they have this visceral uh, version of their biggest fear happening in front of their eyes. And then, um, of course, you know, despite any training other than hunting deer, the the Wolverines develop a military strategy that exceeds that of a superpower. <laughs> so, but their main strategy is just to kill the enemy. Um, you know, like you were, and you even noted during the film about when, when Jed is face to face with the military leader, the communist military leader, right? And so the, he has like an Uzi and Jed has a revolver. Oh, yeah. And then Judd kills him with his revolver. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't, that shotgun that goes, that yeah. thing? Yeah. That didn't work. Yeah. You're a terrible fucking shot. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, do better. Do better here in the army. Yeah. Um, you trained for this. <laughs> so the takeaway message, right, is weapons win wars. It is might over mind. It is having... It's about having firearms rather than even amazing strategy. I don't know where they get the rocket launchers, by the way. Where did they get those? Did you ever see where they picked up all those rocket yeah, launchers exactly. and grenades? Yeah, that was my biggest question. Because, like, those rocket launchers have interested me since I watched uh, Back to the Future. Because uh-huh. I didn't understand them when I was a kid. And so my dad was like, oh, those are, like, really, really big, like, nuked nuke guns, basically. But it takes a lot of stuff to even find one or make one. You know, so like when they had so many, I was like, how did you have that much explosives on? (laughs) Like those are explosives. Right. This is something I don't know. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Someone please, uh, you know, contact us on social media at 80s Movie Guide. Let us know. Were those available in sporting goods stores? Was it? I mean, they shouldn't have been. (laughs) If a kid touched that thing, it would go off. uh, Yeah, that was crazy. Um, Yeah. So basically, anyway, the message was. If they take away our guns, they take away our freedom. And that, I mean, this starts in the 80s. And Republican candidates have have succeeded in winning elections uh, over low information voters for years because they drum up the fear that Democrats are going to take their guns. You know, where Democrats keep saying, I'm not going to take your guns. I just, like, want to make sure unstable individuals don't have access to weapons at unstable moments. Or maybe we all don't need, you know, stuff that you use on the battlefield. You know, we don't need that in our private stash. Uh, Just a a thought. I don't understand why people just don't talk to the other people around them. Like, maybe talk to the people that this is also affecting and not the government, because it's not affecting anybody in the government (laughs) at all, anything that's happening. So why don't you talk to them and get their real opinion instead of what the government is telling you their opinion is? But whatever. (laughs) 
It's just because they can't. They starts an argument, and then Republicans have no argument. They just repeat the same thing over and over and over and over. And well, over. that's why they win because they have good messaging. So they're. But very, it's not good messages. It's like not, you can pinpoint not. every single one of their messages and be like, "This is stupid. This is stupid. This is wrong. This is against your religion. I don't understand." <laughs> yeah, that that I that you I can agree with. Point every single thing. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, Red Dawn, you, you really see it play out with these, these guns. And I just want to say, of course, it wasn't just Red Dawn. We had this very violent, um, movie making going on at the time. It really kind of starts with First Blood, which is the Rambo movie, um, which again is actually not a positive, message about the military he was a vietnam vet it's 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 actually very sad but like Is you know everyone like ptsd stuff but everybody gets into it so they you know everybody just got really really worked up and pro usa and yeah you know about it so by the time they get to rambo first blood 2 that's the now now that is the film that they're making so this is going on and, and again you know my concern with films is it's usually not just one film that impacts people and makes them think a certain way it's a lot of films okay so so here's the thing so mgm actually did want to make a teen rambo film and that is what red dawn was supposed to be the original writer kevin reynolds wrote a a movie called 10 soldiers and then john milius took it over and uh said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna change it up the idea for both was it was an anti-war film the point is supposed to be anti-war that war is futile and the point was supposed to be that in the end most of them died for what right they get their you know they're they're on a rock there's a little plaque they're forgotten the incident is forgotten uh but it that was the idea of it but we didn't really take that away and part of the reason we didn't take it away is because MGM really ramped up all of the jingoistic propaganda type of stuff intentionally because they were like, wait a second, what's going on here? There is this Reagan movement, you know, this conservative, this, and there's a new patriotism. Let's get on board because I bet we can make a lot of money with that. And again, this is part of the thing like I want people to understand because we have a. It seems like men in particular don't like our podcast. Maybe it's because we come attack, off. Attack! Attack! <laughs> well, I think that's because they think we're attacking them. We're. At, I am. <laughs> you can come at me. We're looking at the films that made these situations, made men think certain behaviors were okay, which crafted their behavior. So I'm like, I, I'm giving you cover, dude. <laughs> I don't even know why you're all over me. But regardless, and then you guys, Republicans like to hate on Hollywood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is what we're saying. Why is Trump their person? I don't know, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Same with Reagan. It doesn't make any sense. He's an actor. Um, well, you know, most people liked Reagan because, again, we had come off of a lot. And so most people were like, please, please help us. You know, they, they, the Republican with Nixon didn't work out. That was awful. Carter didn't work out. You know, it was kind of a Goldilocks situation. This one's too corrupt. This one's too weak. How about Reagan? He's just right. So most of America supported Reagan. And so anyway, MGM was like, yeah, let's do something with it. So fascinatingly enough, John Milius is this is this conservative right wing guy who is he says himself obsessed with war. He wanted to fight in Vietnam and he had asthma and they wouldn't let him. Yeah, he wanted to. I know not many did. He did. And then he was denied going. So he got he says he got really obsessed 
with war. He carried a gun with him. Part of his salary for this film was, you know, whatever it was, one and a quarter million plus the gun of his choice. That's who he was. And he was very proud of this movie he was making. And yet, according to Peter Bart, who uh, helped get this film made, who, by the way, used to be my boss at Variety, um, he said uh, that that it was going so far that John Milius was like, whoa, where's this going? This is getting too, you know, flag-waving and and uh, too jingoistic. And, um, and so, like, Alexander Haig was Ronald Reagan's main aide. And he, I guess, reports are he wanted to get a movie career going. So he, they, they call him, and he's like, yeah, I want to personally oversee a movie. I want to be a consultant. He gets... John Milius in with like think tank groups and like how could this really, how could World War III really happen and got really into it and they start getting the military involved and so John Milius is like wait a second like MGM and Alexander Haig are are ramping up my film and making it something that it's not supposed to be and they actually make the ending change they change the ending to say eventually America won and they they make this very rah rah. Uh, yeah. American rally and call at the end. Of course, America won, right? Of course, we did, and we needed to hear that we <laughs> won. Well, after Vietnam, we kind of had to hear that we were going to win something. But but the point in doing that is seeing. Oh, that's sad. You guys needed to hear that you're going to win a war. <laughs> that's really depressing. Well, I mean, I think that's where people were because we had thought we were. Oh, we're so great, and then you know, the Vietnam War ended so horribly. We did not win it was i mean nobody won it was it was awful and that again is supposed to be part of the point of the story the point is you know wasn't did america win or not the point was like yeah they they did all of this and it didn't make it that much of a difference you know um that was originally going to be the point but anyway we get into uh the the second part of how this influences 80s teens is what did these kids do, right? They went to the mountains. They were guerrillas is what we, was the term was being used a lot at the time. But what they essentially did was form their own militia. And uh, they they basically connected gun rights to these pro-militia groups and established or reminded uh, anti-government thinkers about the necessity of militias. Um, this is why we have the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is there in case the people need to fight back against the government that's why we have it okay and that makes sense and so there's people who have and basically the amount of militias in the united states had by the 70s and 80s really dropped i mean you can imagine after vietnam people are just like ugh, like i don't want to have anything to do with any of that and then and so in the 80s there's actually uh, I think they, there's like 150 militia groups. Um, you know, these would be small groups all over the United States. And that was an all-time low. By 1992, an incident happens uh, with a guy and who apparently was a racist and had, or, you know, was in, aligned with some racist groups and had sold some, uh, you know, sawed-off shotgun to a... Uh, uh, a government informant and he had, you know, and so he was supposed to come to court. He didn't come to court and they gave him conflicting dates instead of, and so they show up. Right. And they're like, what's going on? Cause I mean, he had some connection with terrorist groups. I didn't mean he was a total terrorist. It just meant he'd been talking to some terrorists. He was considering That's it. Terrible. He was like, should I do this? I don't know. But anyway, it went bad. It went like they, so he's there. They have an 11 day standoff. He apparently never actually shot a gun, but, his wife 
his son, his dog, all die. <coughs> and then the government pays him millions of dollars. But it makes, uh, in, you know... It, he, what? Yeah, I know. I'm and, confused. Right. He I, didn't kill them? Or he did kill them? Um, he, I mean, if there, if there was a standoff, there had to be some shooting. I didn't, I didn't go that deep into the story, but there was... So it seems that there's some shooting, but this guy himself apparently never even shot the gun. They don't know on the other side. Who knows? Anyway, it went bad. The government didn't do weren't at their best that day they did you know at least they tried i don't know i mean 11 again this we're like couldn't you guys just talk to each other but regardless all of these people who'd been sitting around considering militia groups really immediately formed and so the modern day militia movement took off because that this was the this is what they were looking for so what i'm trying to say here is red dawn um and other films like it but really red dawn got everyone excited about like this yeah we need guns and we need to fight and and uh they were kind of waiting for that moment to see that they needed to and this siege at ruby ridge provided that and so off to the races we are and so the militia groups have been on the increase ever since so who do you think showed up at the insurrection i what i'm trying to say is that when it comes to that we've had my uh, so when we talk about kids being soft no one could be softer than my generation. And I'll tell you why. We, we did not have to fight a war. You know, maybe uh, our older siblings and for sure our dads, you know, did. Our grandpas had to. Our uncles. But 80s teens did not have to go to war. We went through a nice, cozy period of like, you know, of, of not having any major entanglements like that that required a lot of our uh, boys to to sign up and, you know, eventually girls. But <laughs> yet, <clears throat> yet my generation <laughs> is just <clears throat> we just get everything. Yeah. My generation gets everything except war. Yeah. Well, except war. I mean... We haven't had to fight in a war at all. No, you guys. Correct? No, no, you guys have been. No, you guys. But have been we've going to dealt with nine eleven and, and blah 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 blah. All these great historic events that I love being a part of. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love almost getting shot up in my own school. I love that for four straight years with no help and nothing but uh, drills. Who you're teaching the student who is literally shooting up the school. Yeah. Smart idea. What the strategy is. Smart yeah. idea. Putting us all in one area. <laughs> Smart idea. Smart. I just think it's hilarious. I just, uh, I feel like we went through all of this to just watch and see that every adult is like more stupid than us or dumber than well, us. No, this is. And it's, no, I swear to God, if my generation was put, it, it would be a mess because it is my generation and we just like to laugh at our depression. But um, I feel like we could figure it out, like, way easier than it's taken you guys years. And another thing. Well, wait, you're saying we figured it out. I'm saying we didn't figure it out. I, I, I never said you figured oh, it out. Oh, okay, okay. I said <laughs> my generation, if we were put into office, we could figure it out because we've dealt through all of the disasters. We've been through all the disasters. We went through all of the all of the training and all that just to have major anxiety for the rest of our lives and just waiting for something to fall on us and kill us basically um which makes us just want to die more for some reason well by Um, the way i mean i was just saying uh the other day like i don't think 
it's easy to make fun of millennials. Um, ever, I mean, search party is millennials making fun of millennials. Uh, a millennial friend of ours just wrote, millennials are killing musical. It's making fun of m- millennials. They're super easy to make fun of. So easy. But, but you know, because they're even softer than we were, right? They were raised by us softies. So they're super soft. Plus technology. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, but not social media. Um, they didn't grow up with that. They're, they're, you know, hill to stand on is I'm going to take my dog to work. I mean, that's, that's where we are with millennials. And they're happy to laugh at themselves. But no one can make fun of Generation Z because you guys have just had it handed to you. You guys have been traumatized since birth. Since, mm-hmm. you know, all your all 9-11 babies are beyond and it's just kind of gotten worse and worse and uh, scarier and scarier and you all have anxiety and depression. And somehow more racist and more sexist. I don't know how that... We either. were, like, so close. Like, we were so... Like, 2000s. We were so close. Like, I felt like there wasn't that much racism going on. There wasn't that much... Maybe there was rape going on. They just weren't reporting it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there... It, didn't it felt s- like it. It, 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 su- it felt like a break. <laughs> right, right. Like where we could just watch Disney Channel stars walk the red carpet in their ugly ass uniforms, but they were cute. I We all love them. <laughs> um, like Ashley Tisdale and her Uggs. Uh, but well, that was the thing. Everybody thought that's where we were. And then when Trump got into office, he gave well, voice to the pe- uh, people on the other side and allowed before them. that. It started before that. OK. But, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, actually, if you do look Obama up, was our little break, I feel like. But... Well, no, he's what... But it's interesting because all of these people who had these racist feelings started to... I mean, if you look at the history of militia groups, which I did last night, um, it, it basically, that's where it really starts... Everything really starts going into overdrive is Obama getting elected. Because So then, militia groups were for being racist. Oh, yeah. Oh. They they generally run in the same circles. So they're like a KKK group. Well, they're... They're mini KKK groups is what I mean. Sometimes, not <laughs> always, but they tend to... Sh- I mean, listen, this is from the information I looked up. Uh, they tend to be the same... Run in the same circles. Yeah, they seem to be... There's a lot of overlap between the races. So you can be in a militia group and not be racist, but... And you can be racist and not in a militia group, but often you'll find them, you know hanging out like there'll be a lot of racists in a militia group oh and there'll also be a lot of cops in there too yeah um anyways (laughs) um another thing about this movie that kind of drives me insane and it kind of drives me insane because of the fact that you know adults are republicans and stuff and that is that these people in this movie are so scared and they're so you know weak and fragile and and they're like why are they doing this why are they doing this commies commies and i'm just like do you not know what america does to every country it invades (laughs) like what do we do we uh we grab them we bomb them we rape them and we kill them right that's what happens when people went to iraq Uh all they did was get up bomb and kill a ton of civilians that had nothing to do with anything children made them in but but poverty yeah <laughs> and now they have no food right and now and america's like oh we're gonna go help them no 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 you're the one you're the terrorist yeah you america is the terrorist and uh you can fight me all you want stupid men <laughs> but america is the terrorist well, yeah. all we every single president we've ever had including obama is a war criminal we're all work like 
Like, yeah. we are the bad guys. And America, in every movie, makes it try and seem like we're the good guys, or they're the bad guys, or China's bad, or Russia's bad, or anything. Germany's bad. We are the terrorists. Every other country does not want to speak to us. They don't. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to be our friend. No one wants to make trades with us anymore, especially after this pandemic BS yeah. and this Trump BS. Hell no. Yeah. They don't want to be our friends. Yeah. Uh, us good people want to move to New Zealand. I don't... I don't... <sighs> you want to go? You want to go tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's like you. this movie is just showing you what every single military has done to every other country that they've invaded. All they're doing is getting your bitch ass back. (laughs) That's all they're doing. So I honestly don't really feel that bad because, like... so at this it point, in t- so at this point in time, when we, the movie is coming out, right? So you, who, who's the audience? Kids, teenagers, right? Teenagers are the audience. We don't know that, but oh, but you should have. Well, we should have, but we didn't, <laughs> right? Because again, we didn't have to fight. And I mean, this is '84, so no one had had to go to Vietnam for like ten years, you know. Um, so no, we didn't know anybody. We didn't have any friends. That were just, our, like I said, our dads who didn't talk about it, right? So we didn't really know. But what I think is interesting about your point, so if we take that the audience is ignorant of, of you know, we, we believe America is good. And people need to believe they're good, right? We need to believe we're good. But beyond that... The idea is that... You can believe you're, do- you're good by doing good and pointing out the bad. Yeah. That's what you do. Okay. So... Yes. Homework, research, that's all you have to do. I don't understand. (laughs) So the the interesting thing to me is that it shows, Red Dawn shows how the people of Calumet, Colorado felt about being occupied, right? They were, they were occupied by, by uh, hostile forces. And then I am fascinated that there was such this obsession with this movie that carried on and that we Americans, like American military went and did, has occupations, you know, that we go to Iraq and, uh, and Afghanistan and other places and we occupy, you know, and it's just like, well, yeah, they, they want us out. I mean, they want us out. (laughs) I think we don't, we wouldn't like it if they did it to us. So uh, yeah, it is confusing. Um, but I wanted to tell you to like, if anyone doubts about the impact of Red Dawn and how influential it was, um, so in 2003, the military operation to overthrow the Iraqi government, including uh, overthrowing Saddam Hussein, that was called Operation Red Dawn. The guy who named it said he saw Red Dawn when he was 10 and that he didn't think there was anyone in the military who had not seen it. It was that important to everybody, right? And uh, the Wolverine's Watchmen is a current militia group. Uh, there is also recently with the pandemic a group of the world's leading infectious disease experts noting that the Trump administration and the CDC didn't really seem to have a handle on how to deal with COVID-19. They started this information sharing thread on how to conquer the virus. The subject line was Red Dawn. And in 2019, the website Firearms News made the argument that Red Dawn was not ridiculous as you know, so often pointed out, but rather it could happen at any time. So we very much need to hoard guns and have militias at the ready. So it was influential. It's still influential. And my strong opinion is that it helped to get, 
you know, 80s teens excited, want to be part of something, especially the Republican ones who listen to these kind of talking points regularly. And they've been waiting all of this time to have a cause, to go fight, to go use their gun power, to use their Second Amendment rights that they have been, you know, pounding, uh, you know, for all of this time, right? They've just been waiting for the moment. And so when Trump, you know, said, oh, the election was was rigged, you know, which wasn't true. And he, he was like, it is, it's rigged. We, we need to overthrow the government. And they said, like, as they were on the state of the Capitol, we're you know, we're 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 seizing the Capitol. You know, we're it, even though when they did recounts, they actually found more Joe Biden votes. But OK. Yeah. When they did recounts, they did form. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. And 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 more of the stories I heard. There's always by the way, there's always irregularities. So there's always going to be someone somewhere who like tries to vote twice or tries to sneak something in. That always happens. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that because I think they were so concerned about foreign interference, they were double on the job this time. And, you know, but, you know, when somebody starts saying that the, that it's rigged before they the vote even happens, that might yes. tell you something. <laughs> yes, he saw his numbers were low. Uh, anyway, I so I say Red Dawn is the reason that there was an insurrection at the Capitol. Um, and uh, that is the impact that reckless Hollywood producers can have on a generation. And I don't think this movie's pointless. I like the story of the movie. I like the concept. What I don't like is the fact that they're, how real they're making it. Like, it's different when you pick the two people that just got done trying to get you, right? Uh (laughs) Like, the Russians and the Cubans. Like, like why did we have to make it that? Like, why why couldn't we pick, like, Mexico? Or, like, who's closer? It would just make more sense if they, you know, or Canada. What if we fought with Canada? I don't know. Well, they kind of tried to bring Mexico into the storyline, but I had a hard time following that. No, it was just cute. Yeah, it was all the Cuban stuff. But I, I like the movie. I like the storyline. I like the fact that it's kids mm-hmm. doing more than the military. That's funny. Um, and I like that because it's so true. Um, and then uh, I like the, the girls. They have a lot of feminism mm-hmm. in here. Yeah. They... Especially with Leah Thompson's character mainly. But well, that love thing at the end got us off track. Well, but... Tony, Jennifer Gray's character, is out there planting bombs. Oh, I yeah. Mean... She, Tony was their bait. I was I felt bad for Tony. She was always the person to go down first, but right. But then again, it had to be a girl because they're not gonna just gonna a girl. They'll well, they might immediately. They, they might. I mean, yeah, but she... there's there's that there's that ten percent chance. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I thought I, I appreciated them saying that the girls were just as strong as boy. Of course, you know, the first time they kind of get caught, it's because of the girls, right? Like, uh, who is it? Is it Jennifer Grey who falls off the horse, or is it, is it one of them like falls off? And then they kind of get... There's the rock. Someone slid off the rock. I think that was oh, one of the yeah. boys. I no, was it wasn't. Danny. It was one of the girls. Um. I noticed that. But, yeah. But, again, after that, when um, I think it's Robert hands Erica, Leah Thompson, the, you know, says, here, why don't you clean this and make yourself useful? Mm-hmm. And she refuses. Like, you will not treat me like that. I'm just going to be just as strong as you. You're not going to marginalize me. You are not going to minimize... Uh, my power or my voice so I, I i did i thought there was a lot there that was commendable which is yeah why i mean you know this as a movie is generally considered like a two-star film but um but no i mean that's why it, it 
can it's still a have a major film uh, people, with those actors. Patrick they Swayze. Were, so here is my warning to you: if my generation was influenced in such a way by one film that we got that recognized our power. Your generation has been fed dystopian film after dystopian film and shown that it is your generation that will have to save us all. And I think anxiety. And and I think you guys do. Yeah, no, you're right. Probably just added to your anxiety. <laughs> you really did. That's why why do you think we want to die so bad? Don't put this shit on me. <laughs> why is it on me? I'm the kid. I thought you're the 47-year-old. I thought you have been on this earth for so much longer than me that you know everything. I thought that's where we were at. Yeah. I thought kids were stupid. I thought kids didn't know anything. I thought kids couldn't have opinions. But now, oh, it's only our opinion that matters. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. But just, just take that as a warning because, uh, you know, you're, it may make sense to you now, but this made sense to us then. That, you know, I mean, again, they called us slackers. They acted like we weren't going to ever amount to anything. And um, why do they do that? Why do adults think that that's good, That's what's going to push you? I don't know. You're right. This is where suck it up came from. Yeah. And that's the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, don't suck it up. Do something about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought that was the whole message about everything. Suck it up. Oh, my God. So stupid. I know. Your life is a lie. So literally everything in my life is a lie. Literally everything. Um, But I feel like I would have loved this movie a lot more if it uh, if it was probably written how it was supposed to be written. Like that ending that makes that I would have loved that ending. None of this ever mattered in the end. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do our lives really matter? Except for the people that are around us. Mm hmm. Like and what what we're doing with it like all right i think it does and <laughs> on a happy note no and also uh i feel like in movies the good guys always win but in real life the bad guys always win we're well, the bad guys i don't and we overtook native land and we've put racism on all of these other people the so, only reason that we're white is because we came from Britain. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? So then it is, so you don't have to live up to that legacy. And I think that's what those of us, you know, that that's, that's the idea. You don't have to be that person. You don't have to, you can overcome racism. You can overcome mistreatment of others. We can be a kinder, uh, you know, kinder nation, kinder to each other, kinder country, kinder city, you know? Well, I don't want to be kind to people who are assholes well like no i don't i'm not no i have but i have a justified reason people are just saying oh i don't like these people i'm gonna bully these people because they're a child and they need to be tough or i'm gonna be racist to this person just because of their skin color even though i have no idea who this person is or what they've been through Mm -hmm. i guess i'm just saying why don't you take all of this dystopian government situation that you guys think that you have to that, that you guys will be the ones to have to change the world. And change the world. Change the world for the better. And because uh, we, you know, my generation didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I my also, generation's a disappointment to me, so. Yes, it really is. It's a disappointment to me as well. Mm-hmm. Just because, I like, I've hated authority since I was literally three years old. And there was a reason for it. My teachers in kindergarten er, would not let me have nap time because I didn't hear the bell. You know, screw you. I'm a three-year-old. 
you want me scream? But y- y- since I'm respectful, I didn't cry about it. I read my books and I waited for you to pick me up. And I said, never take me there again. I'm never going there again. <laughs> Do something about it. Um, yeah, see, your teachers were trying to make sure that you didn't grow up soft. <laughs> And I stopped going to their school. <laughs> this is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. I'm Tara McNamara. You can um, find more about 80s movies at our website, 80smoviesguide.com. Or find us on social media, like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. All at 80s Movie Guide. And I have a question of the day. Oh. Um, there's one scene in this movie, and it's only a question of the day for people who want to rewatch it or have watched it. Um, the scene where they have to kill off one of their own because he's been chipped and tracked. What would you do? Because I think they did the right thing. Killing him was the right thing to me. They would have oh, co- they would have yeah. come back. They would have found the kid. They would have either used him uh, to find where the kids were. Or, uh, he just would have been shot. Or he got, he goes back to living his perfectly good life with his father. The no, mayor. screw you. Yeah, yeah the mayor. Yeah. You're a rich daddy's boy. You literally have no use to this planet yeah. at all. And the entire time he was bitching. And, uh, and he was honest. One of, him and Danny were the two weakest links. Right. And you know what he deserved it and the fact that it, <laughs> he he no he didn't come back if he had come back after he had been found and said they put a tracker in me right that would be a totally different story and they could figure out something else but no he didn't tell them so they got caught and a pe- people died <laughs> and it's his fault yeah. no that that's no and they it's not like they can take the chip out Right, right. No, I think that's a valid question. I like your question of the day. I will also add that part of the thing with this film it's supposed to show is how the kids just became killing machines, how they sort of lost the thread to some degree of what they were trying to achieve, and they just started killing everybody, and that they kind of lost their sense of humanity as well. And that's part of the idea of what war does to you, yeah. which was definitely seen in Vietnam and uh, would be something fresh on the minds of the filmmaker. But then nobody took that away. You just took away, yeah, let's go to war. And my generation has been waiting ever since, ever since for the moment. Anyway, thanks for listening. We will, uh, we will catch you later.